This is Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast with Roscoe, the fanalist, and Southey. Welcome back. Welcome back. I'm here with Steph. Unfortunately, uh, technical difficulties continue to plague poor Southey. Uh, we will see if he can join us for the second half, but uh, you know how it is with internet service providers in Canada. They're all terrible. But uh, Garbage. Gorbage. But uh, in other news, uh, hey, Devin, did you see the uh, the LA Kings game the other day? Who are the LA Kings? Man, they're like a hockey team. Yeah, I heard they got absolutely jammed by the Leafs the other night. Yeah, so did the San Jose Sharks. Like, why do we even play hockey in California? We're not even good at it. <laughs> <laughs> what is ice? <laughs> oh, so uh, 10 goals for and three goals against in uh, two games so far in California as we get ready for an 8 p.m. game tonight against Anaheim as they try to keep this streak going. Um, what are you thinking about these games so far, Steph? I'm thinking we got a good lineup. I'm over the moon. Like previous years, we think about Leafs and their California road trips and you would just think, oh no, like bad things are going to happen. This is what nightmares are made out of, right? And this- Not in California. Yeah, dude. Yeah. But I don't know. Like it's been great. Like I don't have many bad notes to say and that is rare because you know how finicky I am and I pick at every little thing that the Leafs do but yeah it's it was a joy to watch so worth the wait to stay up and watch these games we know I was gonna stay up anyways but for those who who watch like it was great but if we start with the Kings first thing out of the gates I have to say what is up with those buckets okay Oh, my uh, God. They're like, These... oh, we got the jerseys from the Gretzky era. I didn't see the jerseys once because I was staring at the helmets all night. Yeah, I was so afraid that the Leafs were going to go a little squirrel because they saw something shiny on the ice and then bad things were going to happen. But no, like I was more distracted than the Leafs, it seems, because it just oh, yeah. felt like I was watching a bunch of Marbleheads play. And I'm like, what is going on? Like I one person tweeting. Yeah, like what person tweeted that? What are these tinfoil hats? These marbles? Like I don't know. So that was the only thing I could focus on during the game. But uh, I think um, our boy. Hey, uh, I had a good one too. I said, "Why are the Kings uh, cosplaying as Captain Phasma from Star Wars <laughs> with the chrome helmet?" There you go. Oh, I had a good one. But literally, first period though, I have to bring this up. I thought I was right in this sense. It's just maybe in my mind, but those damn marbleheads screened our boy Cam to the point where he fell so hard and he was done for the rest of the game. I don't know, Kapiri's helmet, like it wasn't even like they collided intentionally or anything like that. It just, he ran into the guy like out of the blue, poof, on the ground, out of the game. I was scared. Oh yeah, hundred percent distracted. There's no other re- like he like you said he literally just ran into him. Like I've never yeah. seen another hockey player just without bracing themselves. Just like oh <laughs> Jesus, I got so distracted staring at that. Yeah, oh. it's but... like a season of weird jersey modifications and helmets, and uh, they're pushing it. Yeah, they're pushing I it. Like we'll get to it later. But yellow. I did like the uh, I did like the Sharks jerseys. All things yeah, aside. Yeah, me too. Cool. I like the darker jerseys. Even uh, people were kind of saying things about the Canadian jerseys that came out for the Olympics. I like the black jerseys with the red trim. I like the black with the teal for the, the Sharks. And then the Kings have the black. But with those helmets, oh, I'm rough. so distracted. It just doesn't match. Like, I don't know. And I know a lot of people were talking about this so much afterwards. But it's they definitely didn't have us forget about it. <laughs> I don't know what the goal was there, but yeah. Uh, so helmets aside, we got goals from the first line, the second line, the third line, the fourth line. And uh, did any of the defenders score? I think Riley might've, maybe not. No, but we had, we had all four offensive lines scoring. That's yeah. new for the Leafs, especially uh, considering the beginning of the year, it was the bottom six scoring. And then after that, it was the top six scoring. And now we got both. That's yes. nice to see. And that game, 11 players got points that night. And 
players who had two points were Simmons, Sandine, Ingvall, Brody, Matthews, JT, multi-point oh, nights. Beautiful. What a great game. Honestly, in the first period, too, I want to bring up Hall, though. Did you see that little... Uh, I don't know what happened. It's like he forgot how to skate for a second. And just like I missed the beginning around. of the Kings game because uh, both of these games were blacked out in Ottawa again to continue my rant about this. It's so stupid. But Ugh. yeah, I, I finally get... Uh, mm, it doesn't tell me that it's blacked out. That's the only... I wish it would just say like, hey, just so you know, like this game's not going to be available tonight. Like on my guide, yeah. it should say blacked out because then I would prepare the stream in advance. But instead, yeah. it, it's like, oh, it's puck drop and you can't watch it. What? Okay, now I gotta go find a stream and the game's already started. Ugh. Anyway. Talking about streams, though. TNT, first time for me, uh, tuning into the TNT broadcasting. What'd you think about that, Johnny? Like, we had Biz Nasty, Hendrick Love Lundquist, Rick Torchette, McHugh. Like, I was personally mind blown when they started the interview uh, with Matthews while he was warming up on the ice like if you watch sportsnet or any canadian news media outlet you would never see that it's usually on the bench or wherever but this guy was answering questions while roaming around the ice like yeah you guys done yet you like you guys done yet sort of thing but yeah that was my first i watched both uh the american feeds for those two it was fun and i like um I like that they all just allow their personalities to shine on the panel. Like the four of them seem to have fun together. And when they have them all um, shooting on the net and like talking about different shots and passes and stuff. And like when Gretzky was taking shots, like it's just, it's so much more fun. Like it makes it look like they've been doing this forever. And there's pros behind putting this together instead of like hockey night in Canada. I feel like every year they try to revamp it to appeal to the, uh, the youngins, but it's just doesn't work never works the one thing i noticed though that i did not like as i was watching the game the commentators seemed kind of clueless like they were so quiet and i was waiting for the play-by-play like come on guys like sometimes i get it okay if it's the away team and you don't know the name off the top of your head you don't have time to look down at your sheet fine you have a pause and you talk about something else but i felt like a minute would go by and there was still silence. Like if I was at the game myself, like commentating in my, my head. <laughs> yeah. And I get it. Threes and eights on jerseys you can mix up, but they were mixing up Hall and Muzzin a lot and kept like mm-hmm. switching the name to be like Muzzin. Oh, nope. That was Hall. It's like, Oh guys. It, yeah, you're right though. During the game, the commentary seems very like we are basketball commentators that were told four months ago that we're going to be doing hockey this season. Yes. They seem so new and so hesitant. And even with the transitions of the whole TNT broadcast, like, I don't know, I'm just used to watching like our good old sports net and everything that comes with it here. But it seemed like, okay, like obvious for me that they were completely new and hockey was a new sport in their head. I don't know. They're like, oh yeah, we're on ice now. And well, the other thing about watching it on, on TNT is that you don't get the, uh, the, uh, the shots, uh, the shot counter. Cause mm-hmm. they just don't have it going. Cause it's, I mean, I know the shots on goal counter is something that only kind of started in the last couple of years, maybe five, six years now in Canada, but the yeah. American broadcast still don't really have them. They also, you know, when someone goes in the power play or the penalty kill, there's no stat for like, you know, what their percentage mm-hmm. is and where they are in the league. Like those kinds of live stat updates don't happen because I think it's just a different market that you're appealing to. Like people are going to see these things and kind of get confused. They're still trying to ease people into it. Because yeah. I, I guess like some people would look at that and go like, why is it counting shots? Like, do they matter to the score? It's like, no, it's just, you know, you want to keep track of it. Like, yeah. And people like me, like, I love the stats. I, I hate when I'm watching a game and I cannot see this shot counter on screen. Like, I think all of these outlets need to jump on board and bring us those stats and show the viewers that they're interested enough to bring it to us as well. Like, I don't know. I get a lot of my information from watching the game too. So yeah. The the one thing I will give them is that they're way um, lighter on the Leafs than the Canadian media is. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're like almost bigger fanboys of the Leafs than Canadian media. Not Seriously? almost. They are. They're like hyping them up. They're like, yeah, this Leaf team looks dangerous. They are all over the Kings tonight. Oh, and shout out to Morgan Riley, a power couple with uh, Canadian skating legend Tessa Virtue. Like, they're just gushing over the Leafs. And I'm like, this is nice. This is nice. This is what, this is why we're the most hated team. I get it now. 
it's so nice and this is exactly why i prefer sometimes to watch those out of town like uh visitor feeds because i like to know the other team's impressions and the media's impressions on the leaves because we hear it so often from the same five guys you know and it gets Mm -hmm. old and it gets depressing and it gets I don't know. There's just something. It's like they're trying to stir the pot in some way. So when I watched even the Sharks game, I was like, wow, the Leafs are so good. And they're putting the cherry on top in a sense because you don't hear these things from our Canadian fellows. They're more, they were saying stuff like, oh, how are the Leafs going to pan out in 2025? Like, who cares right now? We're talking about now. We want to see the results now. And let's, celebrate them for once yeah all the canadian media is trying to backtrack all the chat from last mm-hmm. month where they were saying you know who's gonna get fired who's gonna get traded and it's like just give them a sack holy shit <laughs> <laughs> so uh we should get back to the game here so yeah justin hall had some interesting plays as you said uh there was one in the king's game and then there's the one in the sharks game where uh he went real deep as I keep mentioning, you know, these defensemen keep trying to go all the way to the net and then he <laughs> lost it, but good on him for trying to recover it all yeah. the way back at the blue line again. But then he lost it again yeah. and threw it back to wall <laughs> who then shot it over the boards and took a delay of game penalty. And I just went like that. That was a circus. That was a circus to watch. What the fuck did you just do? That's why I tweeted like, what is happening? Wall and hall. Like what is going on? <laughs> right now yeah. like it was my mine was hauled hall to wall for the lol <laughs> <laughs> and i want to say like is is um wall an honorary honorary leafs member now for shooting the puck over the glass and getting that penalty like is he in or what <laughs> yes welcome welcome to the team buddy you can win all your first three games and get a shutout, but you're still going to take one stupid thing because you are now a member of the Toronto Maple Leafs. I could not believe that happened when I watched it. I was just like, okay, I get it. You're a rookie. You're doing so well. You've pretty much earned Leafs Nation's trust at this point, which is hard to do. And Steve Dangle was saying the same thing. Like, this is one of the things that you just don't, easily went over in Leafs Nation. These goalies hear it way more, I would say, than our top four sometimes, you know, especially oh, with yeah. the injuries and stuff. But Reimer yeah. and Freddie took it worse than Nylander and Marner have, for sure. Yeah, so for I sure. I agree with that. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I was kind of happy, though, to see it. it. That sounds so bad, like, because we... The goalies are so, they know this is not a thing. We're not, this isn't Curtis Joseph era anymore. Like we know Cujo used to be so famous for this, right? But young guy walking in literally like, what is he, 19, 20 years old? I don't even know. Does this move? I'm like, okay, I get it. But at the same time, I'm panicking because Hall is beside you and it's just anxietyville. <laughs> but <laughs> Uh-huh. <clears throat> But the, pe- uh, the PK was great, and they came back from that. So, Yeah, the PK was out. great. The power play was great. They looked so dangerous and taking one-timers, like they moving the puck around well. But uh, one thing that happened in the Kings game that, oh, just the hockey gods are real. Thank you. So last time the Leafs played uh, the Kings, Philip Deneau famously kicked a goal in, and it got reviewed, and they still called it a goal, even though he kicked it twice while lying down in the crease. Like, just the stupidest goal I've ever seen allowed. <laughs> oh, man. And uh, then fast forward, karma sucks, eh, Phil? Because <laughs> Bunting tried to poke a uh, little scrambler in front of the net in, and Dano kicked it into his own net. Yeah. Love it. Thanks, Phil. Love to see it. Attaboy. I'm here for that all day. Like, third period starts. The Leafs are going in 5-1, which is something we don't say very often. So we're already super hyped because we're in California and it's 5-1. Woo! Whoa. And then, thank you, Philip Deneau, making it 6-1. And Leafs don't have to do much. It was just bing, bang, bong, in. Oh, love it. Love to see it. Even though, Jersey, you have to bring up 
Jersey for a sec because we know that Dubas drafted him and he got yeah. traded off and, you know, the new rookies playing. Um, something has to happen. Something's going to break through. You know, Jersey's going to get a hat trick or something. But he had yeah. a goal and an assist. The fam was in the stands. They looked so happy. And, like, it's moments like these that make me cry a little. I'm just like, oh, I'm so happy for you, too. I'm just a big softie. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I like when these stories get played out, but the Leafs still win, you know, instead yes. of like <laughs> Jersey gets a hat trick and the Leafs uh, can't score a single goal and lose. No, yeah, it was still exactly. it was still good um, with a, uh, a comeback because the Sharks destroyed the Leafs last time. Yes. Yeah, so uh, nice to see a 4-1 win. Uh, yeah. In other news, as we're pretty much getting set to record this, Evander Kane was placed on waivers. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, that's some some fun news for the Sharks. So he's going down, uh, barring he doesn't you know get claimed, which I don't see happening. Uh, he's probably going down for conditioning in the AHL after taking mm-hmm. quite a long break from playing professional hockey because of his own actions. So yeah. uh, we'll see. We will see. Yeah, Um Unlike you, I think someone's going to claim him just because of the stats he puts out. He's been on first line. He's been on the first power play. He's been leading the Sharks through and through for the last three or so years. So I think he's going to get claimed. I'm actually surprised that he was put on waivers because he has such a hefty contract. And everyone was saying, you know, the Sharks can't waste that. But We'll see. And kind of like Matt Murray, we didn't expect him to go on waivers. But well, with the stats, you would think uh, something's not working out. Whose fault is it? Is it the people in front? Is it Murray himself? But that's another one that uh, just cleared waivers going down to the AHL. Like something you would you would never think because this guy has a ring. So. Yeah. So I'm just trying to see who even has the cap space for him because he's like at $7 million, not many teams can even claim him, right? Exactly. Um, Well, actually more teams than I thought have a lot of cap space. Holy moly. A lot of teams Um, have IR, a lot of IR people too. So just to give you an idea, the teams that have the space, Coyotes, uh, Kraken, Devils, Rangers, Sens, Predators, Blue Jackets, Wings, Ducks, Sabres. Watch the Coyotes oh claim him, and then he totally saves their season, and then they sneak into the wild card. Kessel and Kane, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> no, there's Man, no way that they would turn happen. this season around. There's no <laughs> way they're turning that season around. Uh, but it's just things like that, you know, that would just, it just happens, and you're like, wow. Am I surprised at this point? Because so many things you are just like, I don't know. <laughs> <sighs> so uh, with Joseph Wall taking another W for the Leafs, what the hell do we do with this goalie situation? So now we've got Mrazek, who is still hurt again and mm-hmm. makes $3.8 million a year. We've got um, Hutchinson, who is not proving to be that great anymore. Mm-hmm. And now we've got Joseph Wall, who seems to be a reliable backup. Like, what do we do? And now Matt Murray is going through waivers. So, like, what what do we do here? Good question. And I think it's way too early. As as much as I love this uh, transition for Hall or Wall, sorry, into the NHL, mm. it's only been three games, you know. And we know he has stellar numbers so far because the sample size is way too small. But... He needs time to grow. He needs time to develop. You don't want a Carter Hart situation in Philly where he had this amazing, amazing year and like played uh, for Team Canada and all these things that just top his resume. And then he comes back to Philly in his second year and it's just garbage. And then his third year now is not panning out the way that they wanted wanted him to. And they picked up Martin Jones in the offseason. <laughs> yeah. So... I don't know. He's definitely a great fourth string option, you know, because this is the Leafs fourth string, but I think he should be third though. That's my argument is that if, if Mraza comes back and is healthy or they um, here, we might as well just go into the question because now we're there. Um, yeah. Right. As I hit record, I got a question from uh, 
Jimmy Vanilla at uh, bites at 71. Uh, would you trade Murray at half salary, three and a half million, 26 years old for Morazic, 3.8 mil, 29 years old? So if Morazic comes back and he's able to play healthy, I think we give him a couple of games to try that out. Um, mm-hmm. Keep him as the backup to Jack, who has proven to be a starter that needs a backup instead of a 1A, 1B situation that I think they were banking on. Um, but I think that means you have to lose Morazic at the trade deadline because Jack's going to need a contract. Um, the alternative is you trade Morazic for Murray because Morazic gets hurt again and the Sens just need to bury him for the IR space to make some more moves. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you on this. And I think it totally depends on Morazic's injury future, right? Like he's already been sidelined twice for long periods of time. It's not just one or two games. If he comes back, gets injured for another one or two months, that only leaves you for less than half of the season remaining. And the Leafs have to start thinking like, good thing we do have Joseph Wall, but at the same time, you can't, I don't know. He just doesn't have a big enough sample size. It's a hard question. And Murray has a ring. He will gain his mojo back 100% playing behind the Leafs. You know, like, if, especially if the Leafs play perfectly in front, this guy could be in talks of top 10 goalie again, I'm sure. But he's as injury riddled as Morazic is like Murray mm-hmm. and Morazic both have this history of being stellar and then they get hurt and then it takes them two years to get back to where they were and they're stellar again and then they get hurt and it's the cycle and it's yeah you know, is Murray in a better place in his injury cycle than Morazic is right now for the Leafs I think that's going to be what it yeah. comes down to Morazic only played 12 games last year and he was 6-2 and th- 3 so he had a point nine. 910 save percentage like he's just it's kind of up in the air and the Leafs are banking on this on this guy to be that security blanket but we've had to go down to our third string which clearly didn't work out now our fourth string so it's tough it's kind of like this year was supposed to be the redemption year for Morazic too coming out of the hole of injuries and this is the perfect opportunity to rebuild goalie wise and do we put that saving grace out there for Murray as well? You know, like, I, I think it's just important that we appreciate having a third string goalie that we can count on instead of rushing everybody up. Like you said, and avoiding a Carter Hart situation, just, you know, keep them where they are, let them play the couple games a year still and use that uh, experience. They get to go back down to the Marlies and play better there. Cause wall has not been great with them. So maybe mm-hmm. he learned some lessons and, like, to be fair, the Leafs have been playing amazing in front of him, so it makes it a lot easier to get these wins. But instead of rushing him up and replacing the backup immediately, just, you know, be thankful that we're not scared of whoever our third string goalie is, because if history tells us anything, they're going to be playing more than a few games. Yeah. And if we think about uh, guys on the Marlies for goaltending wise, there's five goaltenders on the roster. I know you mentioned something about Ian Scott previously, uh, Roscoe, saying when will his time come to shine and how far is he behind? But if you look at this season alone, he's only played one game and wow. he's let in four goals on 28 shots. Uh, last night, Keith Petrozelli started for the first time with the Marlies, lost an OT, but posted a 909 save percentage. They're really spreading out the starts. And Hutchison has six games played. Eric Colgren has eight games played. And he leaves the Marlies with a 924 save percentage. But Joseph Wall, I think he only had one start with the Marlies as well. And now he's up with the Leafs. So I don't know how they're determining these things, you know? like Emergency loan. Yeah, and I think that's Keith, why they uh, couldn't grab Colgren or uh, or Hutchison is because they had to do an emergency call up. Yeah, so it had to be somebody that wasn't contract already. I don't know. So don't many know. specifics when it gets to the um, AHL 
to work yeah, on. Yeah, and if you look at the rosters, there's like so many asterisks on so many people because they're either on loan or a rookie or this or this and that. And like it's yeah. a long, long list. So that's something hard. um I mean I hate to keep plugging these guys because they're the competition, but uh, Adam Wilde has a new show with um Alan Walsh called the Agent Provocateur. And one thing that I'd be interested to hear from them is like what it's like for being an agent for a player that's on the fringe like that, where they're going between kind of OHL and AHL, like getting like at the, at the early stages of their career, you know, when they're not all the way in yet, you know, they yeah. be like 18, 19 and they're still getting loaned up. I want to know like what that's like and how you get through and man, it's gotta be tough. That's the kind of stories that you don't hear about with hockey players. It's, you know, everybody makes a ton of money. Not a lot of them do. Yeah. At the end of the day. Now look at Matt Murray going down to the AHL like that's gotta be tough coming from a successful Penguins team prior to getting traded to the Sens like wow what a slap in the face honestly and and really like the Sens are gearing for the bottom why wouldn't you just keep Murray in net keep losing at this point yeah what's the like what are you playing for you're whatever yeah, and we talked um, so highly about Anton Forsberg when they played the Sens, remember that? Nice. And uh, he has won the position over Matt Murray when he Matt Murray was injured back then or on COVID protocol. And yeah, it's just one of those things where you just don't see it happening. But no, that's hockey world. Um, just before we go to break here, another one coming back. Uh, Ilya Mikheyev. This mm. is complicated. It's like every game, it gets more and more complicated, especially now that we've seen such development from, you know, everybody's really finding their spot. Even Pierre Engvall doesn't look absolutely terrible anymore. Like, I'd say if anybody's on the fringe of getting knocked out, it'd be like him or... Now, Richie makes too much money to get knocked out of this lineup, and they still want him to be something. He had a pretty good uh, screen on the 1JT goal, but I think if anybody, it's Engvall is coming up for Mikheyev. But even then... Does he? Yeah, it's hard to say, right? Because December 6th, I believe, will mark the eight-week point in his projected return. And we, the uh, the pins are out of his thumb. Like, he's ready. He's practicing. He just needs another week or so to just build that strength, I assume, and get back into playing mode. And I said previously, Keith, uh, he said he had an amazing camp, so we know he's going to want to get plugged in. But... Mikheyev, he requested a trade during the offseason, right? Like, he yeah. wants to play. He wants more playing time, and he was given that opportunity with JT and William. Of course, the guy gets injured, right? But I don't know. It's it's hard. And when we think about Richie, like, this guy only has four assists and 22 games played, and I know he's not there for to be, like, the ultimate scoring touch, but I don't know if he's found that role yet on the Leafs. Like, I mean, not that he wasn't brought in to be a scoring touch because they did try to replace Zach Hyman with him. So I think yeah. they were expecting a little more than four assists out of the guy. Yes, he's a little more physical and a bigger body, but like he's he's still got to score something. He's making too much money to like even at two and a half mil, I think he's making. Yeah, uh, it's you got to get a little more out of him. I think what's going to happen most likely is Mikheyev comes back in basically to be advertised to other teams. Like they'll probably throw him on the second line. Give him the minutes, say like, here, f- phone is open, call me up, who wants Mikheyev? And just get him somewhere where he's going to get the minutes that he wants, and Dubas can maybe reclaim some draft picks or something, because right now the Leafs are sitting at a first, a second, and a conditional seventh. So Okay, yeah, he is an unrestricted rough. free agent, so anything could happen at this point, and... When we think of Richie again, like these guys are pressured right now. The pressure, the time is ticking on these clocks. Like we're quarter way through the season. Uh, Something's got to change. And we have left wing options coming up in the future. I saw reports of Philip Forsberg, which would be an ultimate pick in my mind. This guy is an absolute beast in fantasy. But there's also guys like Andrew Kopp, Robbie Fabry. That's left-wing options. So I think, let's say the Mrazic thing pans out that he's hurt again and they think about making a trade or whatever. I think they would make room for one of these 
these options in the future to play on that left wing spot, especially if they make room with shipping out Mikhaev and then they make room with Richie again. Like, I don't know. It's yeah, because Mikhaev. One sec. Uh, apologies while I check Leafs cap friendly. I uh, just gotta see what does Mikhaev make again. It's like one point seven five, I think. One point six four five. Yeah. Okay. So if you move him and Mrazek, who are both on LTIR right now, that's uh, five and a half million dollars on there. Mm-hmm. Plus you move, what was the other one you said? Um, Mikhail, either... Mrazek, Richie. Yeah. We've also picked up Kyle Clifford at a million. So, I mean, there's some people that you could move out to get that space, like even just get them off. Like you don't even need to trade them. Just, you know, free up the space. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Fabry sounds like a good pickup Forsberg. Uh, like that left wing is still as great as the team plays. It's like, as soon as you get down to the bottom six, there's, there's no left wing and it's really starting to show. We've been in this position before, right? Because we had, Jimmy VC, Joe Thornton on the top six starting the year, and they were moved out of the lineup eventually. And like, I don't know, we're almost at Christmas time, and Richie's still not. I know it's getting there, and his physical presence is great, and you can tell he's getting more aggressive. And the team, especially in the Sharks game, they were trying to set him up so many times to get that first goal. But yeah, it's like, what do we do? And I'm so glad I got to say, though, um, Keith has been penalizing him in a sense if he does take that bad penalty he will bench him and go with the better option which i think hey you have the roster to do it you might as well do it but uh and then injuries give guys opportunities too like we have uh Semyonov, right that played last game and i was just gonna say i keep hearing his name in like the third period and go oh Semyonov's playing i know <laughs> like we just get like four minutes a night, but eh, whatever. I got. I wanted to say too that uh, he did not play well. Like we know the guy is a speedster, but he had one too many mistakes in my mind, and I think you yeah. saw that as well. So they switched up the line again uh, near the third. So I don't know if he played a lot of the third, but uh, another guy I want to bring up before we move on from the Leafs, um, Wayne Simmons. This guy. I know he has his role, but it's changed this year, right? Because this is the first time in his career that he's ever got scratched. Yeah. The first time he's playing on average ten less than ten minutes a night, so that's a little bit of an eye opener opener for as well because he's used to being a thirty goal scorer before his rack of injuries. And this guy is so humble, and he just takes that. And finally, had a summer where he could not just rehab his injuries, but actually practice the things that he needs to practice to be able to be a better player, like puck protection and that four check. Right. And he's getting off onto a heater. Like, I think he is really pushing. And even if he's on the fourth line, this guy is proving himself because he's another guy that needs to do something or else he could be an option to move as well, especially if it goes to next year. Like, I don't think Keith will sign him if he doesn't have a good season. Well said. Uh, real quick, before we go to break here, we got to move on. We're just going to power through these questions here. We got a Twitter question from Maple underscore Leaf underscore fan. Uh, everyone was trying to get Richie a goal. This is a team. Oh my God, this is a team. You saw both these games. We had guys mic'd up. You hear Matthews like, I love you, Johnny. And when Spezza got a slap shot, he's coming over to the bench and he's like, man, I had the best view from that. Like my angle right here (laughs) was perfect. Like these guys are so happy together. It makes me so happy. Richie's still looking clueless. That's normal. Like, oh yeah, I'm at the rink, guys. But no, like I said earlier, I'm so glad they're trying. I know. (laughs) No, that's like Matthew's face after Spezza goal, just like jaw dropped. That's Richie's face, but instead of the jaw drop, just the same eye eye expression, just like, hmm? Yeah, he's got, <laughs> sorry, dude, he's got resting dumb face. He does have resting dumb face, and that's why uh, if you look on Yahoo Fantasy in the player chats, his nickname is Hamburger. 
<laughs> just call oh, him no. a dumb hamburger. <laughs> um, my new team name, by the way, uh, Sleepy Joe Pavelski, uh, I think needs to be changed because Sleepy Joe Pavelski has woke woken up. <laughs> I'm such an idiot. I benched him the other night. Oh, okay. I got to eat this. I benched him and started Darcy Kemper because Dallas was playing Colorado. I checked back. It's 2 nothing Colorado. Two shots on goal. Two goals from Joe Pavelski. I'm like, of course. Of course. Why? Yeah. That Ugh. is hockey gods. Like, that's just how it happens. Same with today. Like, Matthews was finally an option to pick for the Tim's Pick NHL Challenge. And I'm like, ooh, this seems too good to be true. And then I saw Pasternak. And I'm like, hmm, they're facing Vancouver. Uh, watch. I'm going to pick Matthews. He's not going to score. And then now that I don't pick him, he's going to score. So I'll go with Pasternak because he's on my fantasy team too. <laughs> of course. Uh, next but, question. Will Campbell ever come down to earth? Um, we'll see. It doesn't see. I, no. I don't know. I don't. It seems pretty good. We're a quarter of the way into the season at this point. And yeah. he's been fantastic. And the team is so behind him. And I think that's one of the best things about this team right now is the support that they all have for each other. And mm-hmm. it's like going back to the first question about all of them trying to get Richie a goal. Like these guys yeah. are really like throwing themselves in front of Jack to stop goals. Uh, the one who needs to stop doing it so literally is Jake Muzzin, who I, every time I look at him, he's standing in front of Jack screening him. I'm like, if there's no opposing player there, move the hell out of the way. Why are you Big trying to be bitches. the goalie? Oh, move he's that so, booty, Jake. It's such a, it's such an old, like, the newer guys, like the younger guys, don't do it. But I remember growing up, my dad was always screaming at the TV because he's like, "Why are the defensemen pl- trying to play net? Get out from it! Let him see the puck." Yeah, this was so yeah. bad, and that's the era that Muzzin comes from. Is we're the goalie. I got to stop the puck from getting to him. No, let him see it. He's he's got hands and gloves. Yeah, and then when you when you think about like the days of Fred- Frederick Anderson, the Leafs gave him way too much room to look, and like they trusted him way too much sometimes, oh, yeah. and like didn't even try to block a shot or back check and such. They just like, okay, Freddie, you got it. But um, back to Jack Campbell, like this guy is elite. I'm gonna say it every single time. Sorry, guys, but eleven four and one. 1.68 goals against average. He has a 943 save percentage on the season. 922 over in his Yahoo career. Fantasy. Whoop, whoop. Yes, a late, late draft pick because people usually go for the America teams first. But no, to answer your question, I think it depends on the play in front. Like we've talked about all season long. If the Leafs are on a heater, so is Jack. If the Leafs decide to take a snooze one time jack he's gonna bail them out he's gonna bail them out up to a certain extent right so yeah that depends rough (laughs) but yeah i gotta say leafs have um, made a new franchise record in the month of november for the most wins in one month in all of history that's how well they're doing with Thanks to Joseph Wall, Jack Campbell, absolutely elite status, and who but better fire to Sheldon be? Fire Sheldon Keefe. Yeah. <laughs> fire Sheldon Keefe. He's the worst coach. I know. He only right? has the best record of any Leafs coach ever. But, Seriously. Okay. But who better to be a mentor for Joseph Wall than Jack Campbell? Like, this guy is the human version of a big ass puppy. Like, everyone loves him. You just can't get enough of him i don't know i just i'm obsessed but that's just me okay last question all-star game february 4th olympics shortly after with covid you have to think stars are hesitant to play february 4th uh Mm -hmm. to chance missing the olympics so this is really up in the air because we don't even know if the nhl is going to go because of all these covid shutdowns that have been happening we got uh the sends just coming back from their shutdown We've got the Islanders have just been shut down until the end of the month. Yeah. Um, multiple other teams with five to seven players on the COVID protocol list. Like it's, it's still creeping around and, you know, there's a new variant that's just been uh, discovered. So I think the whole, I mean, the Olympics as a whole are in question. The NHL mm-hmm. going is in question. They've already announced they have a backup 
um, team if the NHL doesn't go and back up coach, uh, coaching yeah. staff. So, yeah, I think the All-Star game might be the only thing we get this year in that vein. Yeah. That's just my opinion. I know Ovi it's... really wants to go play for Russia or, or for um, of course. athletes <laughs> from Russia because I think they're still banned. <laughs> yeah, and that roster for Canada absolutely stacked which just reminds me of my fantasy teams just kidding <laughs> <laughs> no but, it's, uh, it's the only time we get to be a fan of brad marchand yeah but to your question uh maple leafs fan this is something that scares me and has been scaring me since the beginning of the pandemic right we are facing a virus in this world and now i hate to say it but there's a new variant out called Om- omicron Omicron. Yeah. So this is what's scaring me the most because we're vaccinated. We're over this, yada, yada, yada. But it's literally the highlight of a lot of new sources. It was first discovered in South Africa. Now it's been detected in Australia, the UK, Germany, Israel, Italy, the Czech Republic, and Hong Kong. Israel has already been banning incoming international flights. Same with a few other countries. The NHL has 43 days until they can withdraw from the Olympics without a financial penalty. So I think it's going to be really, really close. And it's guys like Sidney Crosby, though, that give me hope because he says, we're training, we're ready, we're we're training for the fact that we might be going to the Olympics and playing our NHL season at the same time. And hey, there's nothing to lose at that point, right? Because if you're prepping yourself for the Olympics, it's just going to make your game better as well in the NHL. So good on you. But at the same time, I don't know. It's it's tough because especially where the Olympics is going to be this year. And then there's the moral dilemma surrounding the women's tennis tour and all of these other little things that's happening with the Olympics. So yeah, safe yeah. to say this podcast will not be broadcast in China. that's okay sorry guys there's no harm that's fine i can do without them not not sorry that came out wrong i can do without the government and it being broadcast there nothing against anybody um so um we've gone over our time for a break we're just gonna power through this so some weird shit has been going on in the league uh the last couple days so um how do you subtly look for a replacement GM without firing your GM? Because that's what uh, John Molson and the Montreal Canadiens seem to be trying to do right now. They're like holding interviews for a new general manager. Well, Bergevin finds out on Twitter with the rest of us that they're interviewing people for his job. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? Pulled a flurry. Are, no kidding. Wow. He just got... He just got completely backstabbed and he's given like, I mean, I, I had him on my list of people that were getting fired soon, but like he's given a lot to this organization. And, uh, I mean, I'm not his biggest fan by any means, but guys, you're the Montreal Canadians be classy about it. Seems like a couple people have been getting backstabbed because I saw some reports suggesting that Scott Mellenby was promised he'd be the next GM of the Canadians and ownership changed their mind. <laughs> and Scott went out and rejected multiple interviews for a GM Oy. position, you know, and now he's in this position where they're not willing to give it to him. But also Montreal wants a French GM. So yeah. I don't know what's what's going on. All I know is that Caulfield scored his first goal. <laughs> one more, uh, one more to you know his way to the Calder. Uh, yes, I'm yes. Eat that prediction. Whether it's the Calder Trophy or the Calder Cup, yeah. <laughs> he's getting there somehow. But yeah, it's what's with these Canadian some of these Canadian teams, right? Like the Canadian division last year was. The Mickey Mouse Club of the NHL. Everyone had doubts. They did not trust the pl- the teams for some reason, even though the top five or ten scores in the league are from Canadian teams. So, oh, but they're playing against bad Canadian teams. That's why. Oh, the bad ones. Well, guess what? No. Yeah, one of the bad ones almost won the cup. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. 
So, yeah. But no, unfortunately, the... Montreal has been on the bottom of the standings as well as every other stat. They're 31st for goals against. They're 30th for goals for. The best stat they have, actually, if you're reviewing everything, is that they're 25th in the league for for face-off percentage with 48.1%, but that's the best. Like, the rest yeah, is Yeah, that's just because Nick Suzuki's 29. good at face-offs. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's... But the good news is that they somehow, after getting shut out by the Pens two games ago, they beat them 6-3 last night. Did you see that? <laughs> no, I missed that. Yeah. Because I don't have I don't... any players from the Canadians on my fantasy team, so I don't see the scores. <laughs> yeah um fair real real quick i know this one happened about a week and a half ago now but i wanted to talk about it last episode and i didn't so i saw this on john boy shout out um absolutely fantastic uh sports reviews and um he reads lips and you know like watches the highlights and like tells you what the people are saying and stuff it's really funny so mm-hmm. he um he got this clip of kushnetsov and larkin it's so funny so they get into a little thing along the boards and larkin um, gets a stick broken. And so Kushnetsov is skating up along the, beside the benches as Larkin goes to grab a new stick. And the trainer or the equipment manager reaches back to grab a stick and without looking, just hands it out to what he assumed was Larkin skating over. But instead, the stick comes down and Kushnetsov skates right into it and it whacks him in the teeth. Like he had mm. his mouth open and no mouth guard. Boy, what are you doing with no mouth guard in? Oh. Um, but yeah, the uh, the stick just comes down right as he comes across the bench, and it got him right in the teeth, and he goes down like, "Who the hell just high sticked me?" And the <laughs> equipment manager just like, "The ghost." Was me? Wow. Nope. So to further that, the stick then eventually gets to Larkin. Time runs out in the third, goes to overtime, and with the very same stick, Larkin buries the game-winning goal. Wow, of course. That's just another thing that happens, you know, in a hockey world that the probability is so low, but just because he got high staked by the freaking trainer, he's going to go score a goal now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. It wasn't because Kushnetsov got hit by Larkin's stick. And then Larkin, oh, when he okay. finally got the stick, scored it and won. So Kushnetsov yeah. just got like doubled down on. <laughs> oh, that um, reminds another... me of... Uh... Oh, yeah, no, sorry. You go first because I was no, just going to the, just... uh, the, the glove incident. Oh, yes, that too, but just popped in my head. Uh, Kale McCarr um, almost got his face sliced Oh, breaking in news. Montreal Canadiens fire Mark Bergevin, hire Jeff Gorton. Breaking news as we record this podcast. The Canadians just fired Mark Bergevin. Is he French? Um, Jeff Gordon? Gorton? Jeff, uh, Jeff Gorton. I don't know who this guy is. I keep seeing this name. I should have looked him up before. Um, sorry, go on while I look up Jeff Gorton. It says general Anyways. manager of the New York Rangers. Oh. oh, former Rangers GM. Okay. He's from Massachusetts. He is not French. This is very interesting. <laughs> wow. So I take back what I said earlier. Like, thought they were in the market for only a French GM, but I guess not. In his time as interim general manager of the Bruins, Gorton most notably ran the 2006 entry draft, which produced Phil Kessel, Milan Lucic, and Brad Marchand. At the same draft, Gordon traded Andrew Raycroft to the Toronto Maple Leafs for prospect Tuka Rask. I actually hate this guy with a burning passion, and he's now the GM of the fucking Montreal Canadiens. This is the guy (gasps) who pulled off the most infamous trade. I posted... Okay, I'm just going to go on a little thing here. Sorry. Yes, Um, yes, please. Sportsnet posted, uh, if you could go back in time and tell your favorite team one thing... Um, what would it be? And I retweeted it saying, uh, or I quote tweeted it as Justin Pogge is definitely not going to be better than Tuka Rask. <laughs> That's what happened, by the way. They thought Justin Pogge was going to be the better goalie. So they doubled down and they said, we don't need this prospect in Tuka Rask that we just got today. We're going to get Andrew Raycroft. I'm pretty sure for the second time, if or maybe that was the first time, then they got him back again after trading him. But oh, my God, the wow. goalie that d- made my high school life hell. And I watched. <laughs> oh, I, I can't. 
I can't. Speaking of Tuka so, Raska, he starts skating next week, four times a week. He's going to be back in January. So fantasy owners, just be on the lookout because he's on the wire in a lot of leagues. Anyways, Johnny, go on. Yeah, so Canadians now have the GM who produced Brad Marchand and Tuka Rask and Phil Kessel and Milan Lucic. So um, this should be an interesting little turnaround for the Canadians because I think they're going to go into fire sale mode and get rid of a lot of these older guys with contracts and just start building up around uh suzuki and caulfield because it's tank he's gordon's gonna come in and go all right caulfield you're playing full time because we're losing you just experienced like interesting you experienced a live moment a ptsd moment you know just kidding you read up about this guy you're just like oh yeah sorry that that just set something (laughs) off in me so Jeff Gordon is officially the general manager of the uh, Montreal Canadiens. Okay. So do we hate them more now? We yes. hate them more now? Yes. Okay. I do. Noted. The um, hate train is on. So another little, uh, speaking of Brad Marchand, <laughs> Panarin had enough <laughs> of his shit the other night. Yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I can't wait to see this on John Boy. So Panarin and Marchand both get sent back to their benches and... They do the little, you know, the lean over where they can yell at each other. And right behind the linesman, Panarin takes his glove off and like quarterback, like like a like a fastball. This was <laughs> this was not a toss. This was like, I'm I want this to hurt if it hits you anywhere that is uncovered. And he threw that thing at him. Um Panarin gets a five thousand dollar fine and ejected. Uh quote saying, Thanks to our old GM for the eleven point six million, five thousand dollars was worth it. Yeah, I got to agree. I would if I made eleven point six million dollars. Definitely is worth it to take a five k hit to uh, if piss Brad Marchand off. If five k was only point zero four two percent of my salary, I would do that all day long, just I like love it that is you found for that number. <laughs> yes, it's literally less than one percent of Panarin's uh, salary. And hey, I know it's a bad example, but. Things were said and some rushing things. So, did he go a little too far, or Marchand, like Probably. bringing up that whole Russian scenario with the politics and all that? Oh, is that what prompted it? I think so. Ooh. I think he got a little mouthy. That's it's allegedly. So I might be wrong, but I think he got a little mouthy and brought up some points that are. A little tender for Panarin and totally out of context. Wrong place, wrong time. So those are fighting fighting words on the street. Oh like, boy. I don't know. But The best yeah. part of it was the ref's immediate reaction as soon as he saw what was going down. Marshawn starts lifting his stick up and the ref just grabs and puts it back down. He's like, no. No. No, 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 no. <laughs> like, without even a hesitation for a second, he's just, nope. You're, yeah. D- Panarin, go. You're out. Brad. Go sit on that side of the bench. (laughs) Speaking of $5,000 fines, though, I want to bring up the Josh Morrissey slash on Alexander Textier um, when they played uh, Winnipeg and Columbus Blue Jackets. Anyways, it was a dead play. The puck was in the net. It was an empty netter. And they're rushing down the ice. It's literally just those two. And Josh Morrissey takes his stick like a baseball bat and just whacks Textier's shins so dangerously. Like, the intention was there. Like, it should be a suspension at that point because this guy, like, the first of all, the play is dead. You don't do anything after a dead play. Second, doesn't matter if there's intention. The guy... Could have got so seriously injured, you know, like he literally just picked up his stick and whacked it like pure anger. So pure... he got a minor penalty, but hey, it's more than Bennington got for doing it. Yeah, except this <laughs> actually hit the guy. Fair. So hey, I got Morrissey on my team. I'm glad he didn't get suspended, but that's savage and he should not do that. Um, yeah. Bad boy. Speaking of suspensions, there is one definite suspension upcoming for one Brendan Lemieux for taking out a generational uh, fight, I guess, on Brady Kachuk last night. Yes. So while I was out for dinner with my girlfriend, the game was on and uh, the marble helmets were back out against oh, the Sens. Blinded. Yeah. So we had a little chuckle about that over dinner. And then I got home and um, 
I turned the game on. I was like, oh, the game's still on. See what's happening. Oh, that's a fight. Literally, like, as soon as I turn it on, this fight starts. I don't. I didn't see what started it, but um, Brady and Lemieux end up literally, like, on the ground. The refs could not peel them off of each other. Just fists mm-hmm. wailing. This was personal. So they were showing clips yeah. after of their dads fighting back in the day. Like, this was this was a family matter. Generational. And, yeah, so this got ugly, and they finally peeled them off of each other, and Brady's holding his hand. And you can read his lips clear as day. He fucking bit me. He yeah. fucking bit me. And he's like, blood is coming down his hand. He's like, did you did you see that? Are you kidding me? Like, and the the commentators made a good point. They're like, really, with with COVID and everything going on, you're gonna bite somebody? I know. Ugh. That's and that's disgusting. Yeah. So, what what are your thoughts on it? While I bring up Brady's awesome response to this. Everyone knows in the unwritten rules of hockey, the two things you don't do is spit at someone and bite someone. And in or this licking case, Brad Marchand, you dick. Okay, yeah, that is a special exception for a very special person. And uh, <laughs> yeah, damn rat. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, you can definitely tell the animosity was there. They fought previously before. And the refs did not give up. Like, you know, sometimes they kind of push, like, let them have at it for a sec and then jump in. No, they knew this was going to be nasty. And if they didn't continuously try to stop it, someone would have been seriously, seriously injured. And I want to bring up Wayne Simmons for one sec because, like, I wonder why can't these guys have some class, especially Lemieux? Like, we have Wayne Simmons who has a history of fighting but during the nashville game if anyone noticed he was going to fight with uh burrow Burl- and he called off the fight because he got poked in the eye or something or he knew that um the guy was shorthanded in some way and he's like okay that's not fair that's just gonna be dirty let's just not fight at all but in this oh case yeah like brady he now wears the c you know he's still gonna be aggressive but total bad mood on move on Lemieux just horrible and Brady had the balls to say that no one likes him in the league and that his own teammates can't stand him and you can ask anyone about it and dropped a b-word on him called him a bad guy yeah that's uh that's that's like the one of the worst things you can hear in the NHL like that's that cuts deep so his, here, yeah. I just got to read this because it's so good. I'm just yeah. going to give it to you guys. So uh, this is the one time I'm going to answer this. It was the most gutless thing somebody could ever do. This guy, you can ask around his teammates. Nobody ever wants to play with him. The guy's a bad guy and a bad teammate. He focuses on himself all the time. Guy's just a joke. He shouldn't be in the league. This this guy's gutless. No other team wants him. He's going to be uh, keep begging to be in the NHL, and no other team is going to want him. He's an absolute joke. Can't even wrap my head around it. People don't even want this guy. He's just a bad guy. Uh, it's mm-hmm. outrageous. Kids don't even do that anymore. Babies do that about biting people. I don't even know what he's got, uh, what he was thinking. He's just a complete brickhead. He's got nothing up there. Bad guy, bad player. What a joke he is. Holy kachuk. He good let on him. loose. Yeah. Yeah. Good on him. If this guy bit me twice too, I would say the exact same thing. Like, Can't fucking call this people. guy That's, out. Yeah, come on. That's a health hazard, and it's gross, and it's childish, and it's yeah, during violent, COVID. and like it's just so against everything in this league. Come we're, on, we're already worried about the season not like finishing at the end and the Olympics and all these other things because of the COVID variants, and now you're gonna go out and bite people. Yeah, like what happens if Brady tests positive now? Like, fuck. Yeah, what if, right? Like, and I mean, it's a, it's far fetched, but like, what if? I mean, these guys are vaccinated, so they don't always know if they're going to be carrying it. I guess they're getting tested all the time to play, but you know that risk is there. So it's just just silly, 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 Brendan. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, uh, I guess it's not. I don't know if it's fair, but Brady did have his hands all up in his face, but it was a very vicious tussle. Like, oh, yeah. there's no option. You're at that point. You're just trying to get the guy off of you and doing everything you possibly could without poking his high out. But I don't know. Like the 
there was two bites apparently so maybe it was just a quick little jab to get the hand out of the face but at the same time like you don't do that no it's so gross yeah uh there's a reason things like drawing blood are major penalties and double minors like what kind of suspension are we thinking from this because this is it's pretty unprecedented at this point well, he has been it? summoned to a in-person hearing, so we know it's going to be at least five if he does, if the league d- does decide to actually penalize him for it. But if you watch the video review, you it's hard to see if he actually got bit. But obviously, with the reaction, like no person would in the right mind would be like, "Oh, he bit me!" and point down to both hands and show the proof. But I think he's going to get five i don't know it's an in-person hearing so i just found a very interesting article called a history of biting in the nhl oh my um God. <laughs> so 84 85 there was a notable one where boston bruins aggregator um the rat ken linesman uh was fined for biting edmonton oilers defenseman uh lee fogelin nice uh, after the two had won a Stanley Cup together the previous spring. Out of boy. A guy called the Rat who plays for the Boston Bruins. Surprise, surprise. I was just going to say, there's another Rat from the Bruins? What? Yeah. So that isn't an original nickname? I thought that was Mark's 304, Mark Savard bit Darcy Tucker. Oh. Interesting. Hmm. Um, Yarko Rutu was accused of biting Buffalo Sabres enforcer Andrew Peters, ripping his glove off and piercing the skin of his thumb. What? Oh my god. Savard also bit Dan Carcillo a couple years later. Uh, Alex Burroughs was accused and p- pretty clearly guilty of biting Patrice Bergeron's finger. And Grabowski uh, bit Max Pacioretty. <laughs> what is with these guys? This just brings me back to the mouth guard thing and never having it in their mouths. Like, <laughs> or if the oh helmet actually had a cage, this wouldn't be happening. But yeah, I don't know. Bad move. It's going to look bad on Lemieux's career moving forward. But we've seen way worse things, of course, like Kane and D'Angelo, who has mm-hmm. been killing it in the fantasy world, actually. Um Shout out SB Nation, uh, Dominic Jansky for writing this article a whole uh, eight years ago. So I'm sure there's been more biting incidents in the last eight years. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, probably looking at at least, I'm going to say seven games for that. That was pretty violent and gross. Yeah. Five to seven for sure. Yeah. But Uh, when you compare like other fines and stuff, it's hard. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, it is. The, there's not a lot of consistency in the fines and suspensions, especially lately. Uh, just quick mm-hmm. here before we sign off, um, we're getting into December, which means it's time for 12 games of holiday giveaways. Woo-hoo. So we have, a, we have amassed... Um, oh, also, happy Hanukkah today to all of our Jewish friends. It is November 29th oh, uh, this year. It is happy, happy Hanukkah. Hanukkah. So happy, happy Hanukkah. holidays to everyone. Yeah, so uh, we're we're calling it holidays because we don't care what you celebrate. Um, we're just you're you're gonna celebrate with us and the Leafs, and that's what it's all about. So yeah. uh, we're gonna be giving away some stuff. Steph and I have amassed a collection of things that we are gonna continue to add to, um, and this is how it's gonna work. So as soon as this episode goes live, I've got it in my drafts. I have uh, a tweet that will be live and pinned to the top of our Twitter for the entire month. And uh, you will follow us and retweet said tweet. But that's not all. To be fully entered, we're going to give away codes each episode. So there's 12 games throughout, uh, starting with tonight's, I think is where yep. what I counted it out from. Tonight is the first of the 12. So we're going to have an episode tomorrow um, for that game, just so we can not post two in one day. So we're going we're gonna to have a code word that you're going to message us. And when you DM us that code word, you will be entered in a draw. 
And every game between now and uh, December 23rd is the last one. We're going to give something away. So we got stickers. We got some Funko Pops. We got uh, Carlton the Bear. We got a jersey if uh, we get to the grand prize. Yes. So much stuff. Jersey. So much stuff. Shout out to Victoria at Optimus Rhyme for the stickers again. uh, They are super cute. Fantastic. We got ones of there's Carlton the Bear stickers and we've got Jack Campbell ones. Uh, We got... um, Nylander and Spetsa, or not Spetsa, Marner and Matthews, and there's a Muzzin one, I think. We got tons of them, so uh, yeah, we'll give a bunch of those away in different packs. We'll probably do a couple sets of stickers and then get into the bigger things, so uh, yeah, stay tuned. Listen for the code. We'll be hiding it in different spots of the episode, mm-hmm. and uh, that's going to be a fun month. DM us on uh, Twitter or, in- or Instagram, uh, your account, your your uh, entry still counts no matter how you reach out to us as long as you DM us the correct code word from that episode and you must respond before the next Leafs game. Yes. And so we are back to regular schedule now that uh, Andrew and I are both done work. So we will be posting after all the games. So as soon as the game, the Leafs game is done, that is your deadline for each contest. Deal? Mm-hmm deal so excited thank you so much everybody yes we will be back tomorrow with a recap of the Anaheim game tonight at 8 o'clock follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night your night of post game podcast available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts Audible and more (laughs) 12 days of giveaways.